Welcome to Don't Wreck Yourself. My name is Ryan Placetti, and I'm here to take you on a guided tour of our podcast history. That's right. This week, I'm dipping into the archives to present one of my favorite episodes, episode 27, The Gordian Forget-Me-Not. When people ask me about my show, which they practically do every day, and they ask me which episode they should start with, I almost always tell people episode 27, The Gordian Forget-Me-Not. This episode has it all. It's got some it's got some decent research. It's got some quirky topics. And best of all, it has the greatest story ever told. Not the Bible. The time Matt had an erection so hard. (laughs) Sorry. The time that Matt had an erection so hard that they had to send in special forces. So we should be back with a regular episode next week. Uh, The week after that's going to be up in the air as I am going to be traveling for work. All next week, which will preclude me the time to record, most likely. So I invite you to enjoy this episode and uh, have a laugh. Matt's penis deserves it. (laughs) (laughs) Don't Wreck Yourself features words and situations that are not appropriate for young listeners. This show is only for adults and unsupervised juvenile delinquents of exquisite taste and refinement. Each week, Matt and Ryan look into claims they find online answer your questions and say bad words now your way is the only way and my way is the only way to fill the space between a hard place and a rock is all we do but we'll entertain the conversation that leads us to the truth what do we know what trips to telephones that are no different to you Welcome to Don't Wreck Yourself. And for the 27th time this past year, my name's Ryan Placetti, and I'm here to disentangle you from the Gordian knot of the Internet's bullshit. And I am Matt Saint saying we actually have a knot to untie later in the episode, but you are right. This is our six month anniversary of putting on a podcast every week. I am so proud of you, Matt. Thanks. Thank, th- thank, thanks, Dad. It, it means a lot. I think uh, you have said before this week, you're like, it's a, it is a major milestone in a middle school relationship. <laughs> um, a six-month anniversary, uh, I feel like. You know, what's funny is when, when you hear like children, like middle school or high school students, and they say, oh, my ex. Like, they dated Bobby Darren in a lunchroom for half an hour, and now they have an ex. Have you noticed this? You know what, though? I, I don't shame people for that because you should. You should. Well, no, no, no. Here's, here's my here's my line of thinking. People need shit to talk about. And if you can check that bingo box, you know what I'm talking about? Like, no, what's a bingo? No, what? No, I do not know. The game of bingo. <laughs> I do know what bingo. I, I'm very familiar with bingo. Yeah. So like uh, when you play bingo, you're, you're trying to you're trying to get the boxes so that you can get a bingo. Right. All right. So in this case, conversation starters or life events, people want to fill in those boxes as early as possible, even if it's only I want to say a tenuous, a tenuous example of what is actually contained in that box. Is, is that a B16? I don't know. It looks like a B and an upside down nine. Okay. I'm into it. OK. All right. I, I, I am now checking the analogy. Now let's link it to what we were talking about. OK, <laughs> <laughs> this is going to be a struggle, Matt, because I think we've both been deprived of sleep and sobriety over the last week. Well, I'll definitely say sleep, but I'm not going to say, the, uh, you know, I'm, I'm not going to tip my hand to you <laughs> and to the Internet about my sobriety, my sobriety level. 
This, Matt, this, if you could just week. if you could just screenshot. Yourself. Oh no, no, I feel like I don't. You know, I'm not going to screenshot because I don't want my mom to call the police and like be like <laughs> this. I mean, I, I look horrible this morning, but you know what? It's Sunday morning, like not even nine a.m. yet. So you're you're lucky you even have me awake right now, Ryan. I'll say that. I, on the other hand, am dressed for church. Um, would you? Would you get your Sunday pants on? <laughs> I'll have you know I'm wearing shorts and socks. All right. So, so the Unitarian Church is what I'm getting at here. <laughs> well, the, the not Gonitarian Church, I think, yeah, is right. where I attend. Oh, yeah. Um, every week. Every week. <laughs> so I, we wanted to start off this episode talking about this middle school milestone that we have <laughs> Thrust upon you. Oh, God, there's going to be some thrusting later in this episode, too. I think it's a it is a full thrust, full throttle, full thrust episode. (laughs) That's the title right there. Full thrust. (laughs) It sounds like a fake action movie like Will Ferrell would be in full thrust. (laughs) Okay. Um, so thank you, listeners, for tuning in, hanging out with us for the last six months, rating and reviewing us on Apple and wherever. I think they call them podcatchers now. Oh, okay. It's kind of sexy. It's like pod, little pod, pod goblins, little, little pod goblins <laughs> gobbling Ooh. up our pods. Oh, honestly, I'll, I'll take it. I'll take it. Yeah. So you've all been absolutely wonderful and your support means the world to us. Tell your friends, tell your family, tell your boss at work that you listen to this podcast and maybe you won't get fired. Don't tell my boss, though, because then I will get fired. So, yes, ditto. (laughs) Same here. (laughs) In recognition of where we are at right now, our primary goal is just to grow our audience, get our show out to more people. And I want you to all stop and take a look around you and observe the people in your life and figure out uh, which of those people are on the verge of wrecking themselves. Our first topic today actually comes from a place on the Internet abounding with people who need our program. And for the low, low price of a cup of coffee a day. Oh, God. You can bring it to them. (laughs) So this is from r slash no stupid questions, which Matt, can you explain how r slash no stupid questions works to our listeners who may have just tuned in for the first time today? Well, from what I understand, it is a Reddit board subreddit where people can ask anything they want and by anything definition anything anything oh, and wow. by definition it's not a stupid question by definition it's not a stupid it's like a, it's like a physics law you cannot have a stupid question inside this vacuum i don't know this sounds honestly matt it sounds like alchemy yeah you know speaking of alchemy scientists recently took water and made a a yellow metal and i'm like this is alchemy this we'll, we'll, talk, we'll talk about this in a future podcast maybe they just peed in a bottle i don't fucking they drank, I know. I was they drank say, the water I was in the bottle like kevin Costner in water world <laughs> i'd made water yellow before too matt i'm not impressed <laughs> yeah right yeah so our first question comes to us from user throwaway underscore three four 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 if his name's any indication he has asked thousands of questions on the subreddit well, not necessarily this subreddit, but he's certainly thrown away 3,443 accounts. All right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's like, hey, dude, you don't need to make a new throwaway every time you ask a question. All right. The question from throwaway underscore three, four, four, four is how do I become less stupid? <laughs> uh, this is not the subreddit for you. All right. Well, I'll just say this right now. I think you're I think you're right, Matt. If they're only asking stupid questions, however, 
by by virtue of the strange alchemy at work in no r slash no stupid questions, even this question, which is admittedly stupid. Yeah. Becomes not stupid. Well, I feel like the question isn't stupid. The user is calling himself stupid. But this question itself is brilliant, if you ask me. <laughs> so, uh, fair enough. Uh, the, the, you know, there's a saying, there are no stupid questions, only stupid people. And this guy is maybe one of them. Self-described stupid person. But he wants to be less stupid. This user, uh, he was homeschooled by his parents. And by homeschooled, he means, quote, Teach me English and let me fuck around on the Internet for a decade. So first of all, this guy is already I mean, he's definitely a Redditor, right? This person, there's no way this person doesn't live on on Reddit. Uh, but he says, as a result, I am dub, dumb and I would like to fix that. Um, I would say he's equating education with uh, intelligence. And I think that <laughs> is that is the road to hell. There's a whole lot of smart people out there who are not, quote, educated, right? That's true. And, and you know what, though? I think this person might actually be one of them. So if you want to be less stupid, can you make yourself smarter or are you just like limited by the hand that you're dealt? Well, in this case, what he's describing is ignorance and not stupidity. So this is not a matter of intelligence. I think this person has wisely identified a weakness in their overall preparedness for interacting with the world. And they're seeking to address it in, I, I think, a pretty constructive way. So step one, obviously, the most important thing this person can do to become less stupid is listen to our podcast every week. Yeah, we drop we, episodes on Tuesday. Yeah, we should. Uh, and we've, we've been doing so for the past six months, but by the grace of God, so, somehow, some way. In three more months, Matt and I are going to give birth to a beautiful podcast baby. Oh, gosh. Uh, what, what month will that be? <laughs> you only have to know the month. <laughs> <laughs> you know, if you have natural curiosity, I think that helps with, with gaining knowledge and maybe getting gaining some experience, which is what I think this person is really uh, going for here. I think there are two paths that this person can take. One is mental quickness and agility, which I think you can develop through cognitive exercises, doing puzzles, logic problems. You can definitely tell you're a D&D &D fan. You're like, oh, it's wisdom and mana. He's got like this wisdom and charisma. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Right. He's a, you have to roll a dice and see what you get in order to improve mental agility or mental dexterity. If we're going to use Dungeons and Dragons terms. <laughs> oh, I hope we don't <laughs> yeah. focus, focus on doing puzzles, problem solving exercises and really dial in on. There are books that you can buy that teach you how to logically process information. Yeah. Understanding that process of taking in new information, sorting it, organizing it, separating the wheat from the chaff. Basically what we do on this podcast. Yeah. Because there is a second mode of inquiry, which is to learn facts. 87% of what we do here is fact free. Well, we shouldn't we, sh we shouldn't tell throw away 3444444 that. <laughs> not everyone has this level of self-reflection. Not everyone's like, "Oh, I'm stupid. I want to be become not stupid." If you're really trying to increase your intelligence, I'm just not I think sometimes we're just that is out of our control. Well, what's another thing they can do? They can get a GED and they can go to college. I mean, I don't know if that makes you less stupid. Yeah. So we've identified that this person thinks that they're stupid, but what they actually are is ignorant. So we've got basically two silos. The first is uh, logic and ability to process information. You can do exercises to improve that. The other would be to actually gain specific knowledge. Which field of study do you think would be most valuable to somebody who knows absolutely nothing? I would say history is a good one and I might be biased. 
Yeah. Oh, I'm sure you are. Yeah. Egyptology and archaeology. Definitely got to learn that shit. No, <laughs> I, 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 I was going back between English and history because it definitely gives you critical skills to be able mm-hmm. to read a, a text that from from all I would take, I was thinking maybe a world literature class. So you're exposed to a lot of different ideas, different cultures, different uh, social mores. You can definitely tell we're from like the uh, social science. sciences. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Right. Because I feel like some maybe a physicist would say, well, you have to learn how the world works. You have to learn the laws of physics. So if we were sitting this guy down to a healthy helping of knowledge, <laughs> our food pyramid would look like at the base. We've got basic level interrogation of facts. Above no that, we'll, we'll put in those those soft sciences, those social sciences. You know, <laughs> we got we've got our history, our anthropology, some some of our classic liberal arts studies. And then once you master that, just get a little dollop of those hard also, sciences. Also, like the real food pyramid. This is going to be ignored by most Americans. <laughs> <laughs> and then at the at the very tippy top, the smallest little triangle at the top is pop culture oh, knowledge. I, oh, yeah. That, that's what that's what people have to know. They have to know what the what the hell Kardashian said this week that broke the Internet. Yeah, they have to know what the Kardashians said this week. They need to know that Donda was named after Kanye West's oh, mom. I not know that. Interesting. Yeah. Well, there you go. Well, my, his mom was a major influence in his yeah. life. And honestly, I think he's been a little bit off the rails since uh, she passed away. Absolutely. And, yeah. you know, I, I wish him the best. And he, he's got over a billion dollars so he can afford the best counseling money he can buy. He's and I hope it works. Kanye's a billionaire. Wow. I didn't yeah. know that. I just heard recently Rihanna became a billionaire. Well, you know, everyone's doing it. How do I become part of that club? How do I get on that trend? Yeah, I don't mind being a follower there. Throw away three, four, four, four. You know, I like the fact that he's not trying. He's trying to check himself before he wrecks himself. Mm-hmm. Uh, and now I'd like to move on to a young gentleman who absolutely got wrecked recently. So he had an idea. He skipped the check yourself phase. Went straight to wreck yourself. Yeah. So this comes from a New York Post article, which I usually do not read the New York Post just on principle. But this headline just it threw me for a loop. And that's it is a trash rag. It, it, absolutely. One hundred percent. One hundred percent. And I'm, we're about to get down in the gutter because the headline for this is teen gets USB cable stuck in penis in backfired attempt to measure length. Uh, what the fuck? <laughs> Uh, I have so many questions. Well, yeah, so did he. You know, he this guy could have saved a whole lot of medical bills and grief if he just asked this question on no stupid questions. (laughs) Because I think I I think somebody would have just immediately red flagged this and said, emergency, emergency, emergency. Do not stick a USB cable into your penis. Yeah, I kind of. okay. so first we should say, is this true? Absolutely. This is a phallic fiasco from like my nightmares. So this this is a 15 year old boy in the United Kingdom. He was curious how long his penis is. And, you know, I think that he I think what he did was he took a ruler to it and he didn't like Uh he didn't like the number. So he's like, oh, you need to account for the curve. How do you do that? You need to have some sort of pliable, you know, some sort of soft material that bends with the curve, then measure that. And he just looked around and saw his USB cable and like, you know, he just plugged himself in for lack of a better term. And but how? He, he just got out of, it got out of hand real quick. And into and into his dick. Was it a full size USB cable uh, or micro USB cable? Uh, I think he would say it's a macro USB cable. I need the biggest <laughs> USB cable for my dick. No, uh, it looks like a regular USB cable. There's a X-ray photo uh, from this and it just looks like it jumbled. So what happened was he was sticking it in. It got like jumbled. It was up in his bladder and then part of the cord got like tangled in his scrotum. Uh, at one point, both ends of the USB were sticking out of his dick. And that's when I, and that's when he called the doctors. 
But who starts in the middle of the USB cord? I think he, I, I just think he I mean, I think I think he that's the party could get in. I think he was just like, tr- I think he was trying to I don't know. He was really faithful and trying to measure his dick. I don't know. He was just I think he panicked and he was just like, oh, shit, what do I do? And then turn it turned into like a Christmas light situation. Uh, you know what? I, I've got to I've got to point out here the fact that he was able to employ this method in an attempt to measure the size of his penis would seem to indicate that he's got a fairly large penis. Um, you know, he's 15 year old. I don't really want to talk about, I mean, you know, I, you don't want to talk, you don't want to talk about, talk about underage dicks. No, me neither. Uh, yeah, not really. <laughs> but here, yeah, here we are. All I'm saying is let's, let's, let's take the age of the person out of let's this. Take, let's take the, the size fact, out of it. Can you imagine sticking a folded USB cord into your urethra. I don't know if I don't know if it was folded. What I think happened is he stuck the 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 not so large, not the not the part that goes in the computer, the part that goes into whatever, right? He stuck that in his dick hole, and he just kept going and going and going. And he just went he just went a few inches too far, so to speak. But counterpoint: the fact that both ends of the USB cable ended up outside of his penis, like unless he went down in there and then pulled a Yui. I don't think he did it on purpose. He did not do it. On, what, what, well, I w- think he, I think he did a lot of things on purpose, <laughs> starting with sticking yeah. a USB well, cord into the tip of his penis. I would say that was very. No one does that on accident, right? No one's like, oh, I doctor, <laughs> I, I trip and fell, and um, no, I, I just think he kept pushing it in there, pushing it in there. The other part just started coming out. I don't think he was like, let's stick half of it in here. I just think he he, he got caught in this situation. <laughs> but let's one thing I kind of wanted to you know talk about here is um, I have had a Foley catheter in myself when I was completely conscious and sober. Um, oh. And now I like to tell that story to you and the Internet, Ryan, if, if, if you'll have me. OK, so I want to preface this story that you are about to share with me and the, the rest of our audience yep. by saying Nobody asked for this, Matt, but we are waiting eagerly. Well, that's true. Yeah, honestly, that's, that, 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 is, that is the title of any podcast ever. No one, <laughs> no one asked for this, but get ready, right? No, um, so what happened is I broke my arm in the line of duty uh, when I was in the Army, and I had surgery on my humerus. I have three titanium screws uh, in my right elbow that... Uh, that's hilarious yeah oh yeah well it gets it gets even wackier so anyway it's my right arm it's my right arm i break it i get released and the doctor prescribes me all kinds of shit right he prescribes me painkillers prescribes me stool softeners because the the painkillers are supposed to like make you constipated and so he's like i'm gonna help you out right a wild side effect of these stool softeners is that it made like did something with my bladder and my blood vessels and it made it so my bladder would fill up with urine but the blood vessel cut off of it, so I couldn't pee. So I had the. I woke up at seven, and everything is 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 ready to go. If you know what I mean, it is like, and I just couldn't pee for four hours, and that's when I went to the hospital. So you basically had a medically induced kidney stone. Well, uh, also like I I I had an erection for this entire time, like because because the blood was pumping in my dick, but it couldn't pump out. Oh, okay. Yeah. So uh, well, because of that, did I you take adva- did you take advantage of this opportunity to measure your yeah, that that was measure your penis. That was the day was to do pre it. Or, 
Was this pre-USB cord as a form of technology? No, this is in the army. So I would say it's the burgeoning USB, right? I feel like back when like palm drives were like five megabytes and shit like that, like I wouldn't want to stick that up in me. But yeah, no. Um, So I, I remember this is like so embarrassing because my dad was there and I was like, I got to go to the hospital. And so I go to the hospital, go to the emergency room. The triage nurse, she sees my arms all casted up and she assumes, mm-hmm. oh, what's wrong with your arm? And, and I'm right handed. So she's like, she hands me a clipboard. She's like, here, write down your complaint. And I was like, ma'am, I'm right handed. I broke my arm. Like, I can't write this. And she's like, all right, what is she's like, this is like around noon. I'm like, what is it? I have her lean in this army nurse. And I was like, I've had an erection since 7 a.m. this morning. And she's like, oh, my God, is what she said. She wrote something down. I sat down literally two minutes later. A doctor comes out. Hey, Mr. Saint Sing, right? A private Saint Sing. You know? <laughs> the, so that was that is pretty demeaning, but it gets even worse because. So, go ahead. So did your did your dad fly to Fort? I assume this is at Fort Campbell. It was, yeah. Yeah. So did your dad fly in to because you were having the surgery? Yeah, he, he knew I broke my arm and he figured he, need, he might need some help. And so he flew. Uh, he, yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> more than more than he could have possibly known. So embarrassing. That's good. So embarrassing. The thing is, though, that's good dad vision. And I've got to tell you, if I had to choose between having my mother and my oh, father there to yeah. assist me through my uncontrollable erection, I would prefer my dad be there. It's so uncomfortable. You know, people always make a joke. Oh, did you like call a lady over or did you try to? It's like, no, it hurt like a son of a bitch. It was not fun at all. Like, and I couldn't pee. I had the urge to, but I couldn't. Long story short, the urologist is like, look, we're going to have to fly you to Vanderbilt Medical Center uh, if if you can't pee. And I'm like, well, shit, man, I'm trying. So what they do is there's two special forces medics who are in training. They called in special forces to deal with your erection, (laughs) man. Honestly, like, (laughs) you know, that was the most proud I've ever been in my life. Right. <laughs> and he called Green Berets in like the most bad the most baddest ass. Yeah, really. So go ahead, you know. <laughs> Honestly, man. They just fast rope in oh. and landed on your dick. They, yeah. <laughs> Man, I'm trying to come up with like <laughs> so so anyway, these two. Tell me, Matt, okay, yeah. tell 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 us more about how 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 JSOC took care of your erection, oh, man. man. Yeah, I would say so. Stanley McChrystal came in and was just like go- <laughs> go- go- magnificent, gorgeous, right? No, they said we need to take that ridge. <laughs> anyway, the jokes just write themselves. But the doctor told me, all right. We're going to give you a Foley catheter. We're just going to take we're just going to ex- extract the urine by force if necessary. And oh, <laughs> by the way, I have two Green Beret medics in training who kind of need this experience. So they come in. <laughs> I don't know that. Any, yeah, does, right. does anybody need that experience? No, they just want, yeah, they, I was like, the difference between want and need is a little different here. They, to, to, to the doctor's credit, they did ask me, hey, do you mind if they come in and, and use this as a training opportunity? And I literally said, I have no problem with it. But when's when's going to be another time they're in the situation? Like, <laughs> No, honestly, I think at that point you you have to check your bingo box, Matt. You're like, <laughs> yeah, honestly, yeah. Hope three medical professionals looking at my turgid erection. Yeah. Oh my god, and SF medics are like legit. Like they're they're like almost physicians assistants. They can like do surgeries. They can de- they've delivered babies. They are like pretty good experts in emergency medical care. The worst part of this situation was when they both turned to the side and immediately vomited. Yeah. Um, They're like, it's too much. Vomited in amazement. Right. Yeah. Um, not, not the first time I've made that happen. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, the medics are there and this is I was still, you know, I'm still trying to make light of, of a very hard situation. And, uh-huh. and so <laughs> they, they get this kit out. 
And he's, okay. he starts putting lube, like, essentially on, like, a, uh, on some sort of tube that ended up inside of me. But the, What would you say the diameter of this tube is, since we already have established where it's going in? I, it's like a straw. I was like, it's like a straw. Like, um, like, like, like an old school McDonald's straw with the yellow and the red stripe, just like that size it's straw. It's like a McFlurry spoon that has, like, that spoon on the end. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, honestly, yeah. I, I blocked a lot of this out of my memory. I can't really remember. But as he was putting the lube on, I, I said, oh, look. Um, I was like, I don't need that. I was like, we, we can go ahead and go and dry. You've got juicy junk. I, I was, yeah, I was like, uh, it's like, you need. What did you think he was? Go- did you think he was going in the back? No, I no. I was trying to make a joke. I was trying to make a joke. I was like, oh, I was, I was like, I don't need to put the joke is I don't need to put lube when you shove in something. I mean, you were you were how old at the time? 19, 20, uh, 20, around 20. Yeah, I was 20. Yeah, you're 20. You're fresh as a daisy. That that should be moistening right up. Gosh. Well, so the the SF medic said like a slip and slide. The, oh, God. Action Park. Right. Um, <laughs> the uh, one of the SF medics. He love that documentary, oh, by the so way. Good. It is so good. Yeah. Watch Action Park on HBO. HBO, you can cut us a check for $50. Thank you. Yeah, it was great. So I said the joke, you know, oh, we don't, I'm saying, I don't need to use lube. And he literally looks at me. He's like, no, fuck that. If it's in this kit, we're using it. <laughs> so, you know, you have one person gripping the base, the other elite soldier <laughs> like just starts, he shoves it in and like, it just feels like a bee sting just like uh, on the tip of my cock. And then he's, oh, and then that sounds pleasant. And then after that, it doesn't really hurt, but I can feel this tube just going up inside of me and I felt it in my bladder. And then that's when all hell broke loose. And I just started pissing. I felt like I was pissing my pants. I like, I did not, I couldn't like control it. And then as, and then I see this bag just fill up of liquid gold and I piss a thousand cc's of urine, which is a liter. And then I just have like instant relief. So the army, so, so the army may have failed in so many other ways to turn you into a leader, but there you go. Yeah, exactly. Right. Yeah. <laughs> uh, that's, that's so funny. Yeah. <laughs> um, it, 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 it brought the leader out of me. <laughs> After that thing started going down. And the, the thing that kind of the kicker is that, okay, what are you talking about the rest of your life or your, yeah, no, the, the rest of the penis. the rest of the day before I had to go out and be like, thanks dad for bringing me here. <laughs> the, the kicker was the doctor was like, well, uh, we have to make sure that the plumbing still works. So we're, we're going to make sure you pee again. And I was like, doctor, I just pissed the biggest in my life. And like, I, I can't do it again. So they had me drinking water for so long. And then finally I had to prove like I was able to do it again. And then they then they released me. The whole ordeal was like five or six hours. It was demeaning. So were you able to were you able to pee again? Yeah, I've never peed since. <laughs> no. Yeah. Yeah. I, I was able to. It's probably it's probably for the best. The plumbing was still working. Yeah, honestly. Um, Thank goodness. So Thank goodness. That is the story of me getting a Foley catheter. And if that is a preview i was like no painkillers i was completely conscious completely sober it, it it was it was horrible but i think that pales in comparison to losing a fucking usb thing in your balls absolutely i forgot i forgot all about that poor kid's story yeah you um, were so in in gore in wrapped in my uh um, i was engorged in your story yeah. yes so uh, <laughs> one, th- one thing i will say before we move on to some more safer ways to measure your dick is in this new york post article i'm going to quote a Sentence for you, Ryan. It says subsequent x-rays revealed that there was a veritable Gordian knot of USB wire (gasps) inside the teenager. And so I think the name of this episode could be slicing through the Gordian knot or something, (laughs) something along those literally. So literally they um, and what they did is they made an incision between his uh, scrotum and his anus. They they literally yanked, yanked it out um, and they went through the tank. They went. Yeah, essentially. Yeah. 
Um, and there's a photo of this just gross uh, USB cord situation. To be clear, the photo is of the USB cord, not the situation from which the USB cord was coming. We're not asking you to look at a picture of a 15 year old's butthole in the bottom no, of their balls. No, this is this is this is after the extraction. And you can tell there's there's like a bunch of jumbled wires and they literally just just cut it. So they literally severed the Gordian knot for this kid. Oh, my God. It's like this. It's like this article was tailor made for our podcast. Exactly. It, it, it touches on my my little episode opening catchphrase and it opened a gateway to hell for you to summon <laughs> forth easily the best story I've ever heard on this show. It, I mean, it, it, it's 100% true and it was one of the most crazier experiences I've had in my life for sure. For all of our juvenile delinquent listeners out there of exquisite taste and refinement, let that be a lesson that's already been checked out. Don't wreck yourself. <laughs> but but if you are curious about your penis size, I think it's only natural. Um, here are some safer ways to do it. One is, you know, just use a ruler, right? I, 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 mm -hmm. I think that's fine, but I do understand that the rulers do not account for the curve. So what you could do is take a piece of string or yarn, cut it off, cut it off far away from your penis. Don't put a pair of scissors anywhere near your penis. You should never be holding scissors when you're pantless. Anyway, leave that to the professionals at the hospital when they're removing the USB cord from your tank. <laughs> yeah. And so you can just you could just like take a string and you could measure that around. the. You can just like essentially hug your penis uh, with a string and then take that and put it on the ruler and you'll be able to get a mm -hmm. more accurate size so you can tell all your friends yep. in the lunch table. <laughs> and you can also get <laughs> you can also get cloth measuring tapes at Joann's or Michael's or anywhere else you're buying fabric for sewing. So those cloth measuring tapes are what tailors use to measure, you know, the circumference of your head and determine your whether neck. or not you have a criminal brow. Your, oh, God. <laughs> your, your, your neck size, right? I think for, for, like, a, for like a shirt or tux. Uh-huh. I think the other way is you could probably just pay a professional to do this. I'm sure you could find someone who is be willing to do this on the up and up. Yeah, phone a friend. Yeah. So that was that was something that blew up in this guy's face and, and taint. But let's talk about something that is intended to blow up everywhere. Is it our bear memes on social media? Yeah, right. I, I posted this uh, this bear meme on our Instagram. Go check it out. It is it is by far our most successful uh, Instagram post with like several hundred likes. I think people are just super into fat bears, man. They are super into fat bears, and I fucking get it. Yeah. Uh, so to put this into context, this meme got 350 plus likes as of today. Most of our other posts have like five. And two, and two of them are us. <laughs> Yeah, and two, two of them are, are always yeah, us. Yeah, and one's probably my wife. So that, and, and then Rick Reynolds likes a lot of our posts too. So thank you, Rick, thanks, Rick. for everything. Yeah, thanks for letting us use our song when we talk about USB and some kids' cock. Yeah. But yeah, we'll we'll cover that later in the episode too. Yeah, definitely, <laughs> definitely. Um, but this next question comes from again r slash new stupid questions. I love it. I, it is a wellspring of just amazing questions from people who are you know they're just willing to learn, and I'm willing to just to to espouse knowledge. So I like it. I'm willing to pretend to know what I'm talking about. Yeah, I mean, yeah, <laughs> really. That's that's my whole life, really. So <clears throat> who is our asker and what do they want? So the username is Asai Darkness, Asai Darkness. So uh, for those of you at home, I think that might be a Wheel of Time reference. Oh, I'm not, I, I haven't read that book series, but I think uh, Asai is an order of mystics in that book series. Oh, good. Well, I'll be sure to ignore that. 
<laughs> no, um, Matt's not Matt's a nerd, but he's not that kind no, of nerd. I am a different kind of nerd. Yeah, for sure. I would say that um, also this person, he this person is very active on our social stupid questions. This person he asked like 12 questions yesterday alone. So it's kind of nuts. Uh, but this question is, what happens if you microwave a grenade? That is pretty good. It's right? a phenomenal question. Yeah. Um, so let's talk a little bit about how microwaves uh, work. How and this is I am actually kind of experience in this because one time I got a microwave stuck in my dick and I, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> so for, for context, Matt and I used to be signals intelligence analysts yeah. and that involves standing in front of a lot of microwaves. Yeah, um, absolutely. Wait, whether you're waiting for coffee to heat up or you're up on the roof, realigning the satellite yeah, dish, that's really what you're doing, exposing, exposing your testicles to an unbelievable amount of radiation. I definitely had a company commander who said that um, don't he's like, don't walk between these two points. And I was like, God, Jesus, it's like saying don't put the gun in your in your head. Like it's like it was like so obvious to me. I was but I think he maybe he might have gotten burned. So he's trying to tell microwave microwaves are invisible, man. It's easy to make that mistake yeah, for sure. But to be clear, when I say microwaves are invisible, I'm not talking about the machine in your kitchen. <laughs> Those are visible. I'm not living in an alternate reality <laughs> or suffering from some sort of psychosis where I can't visually see microwaves. We're talking about the microwaves as being part of the electromagnetic spectrum. It would be so funny to be like, there's no microwave here. And the landlord would be like, no, there is. It's just invisible. <laughs> um, but how microwaves, how your home microwave works, listener, is you put food in it and the microwave essentially heats up the water inside the food that then warms up the rest of, of the food. I know this because when I was in the, when I was in fifth grade, I had to do a science project and mine was called bursting foods where I took different foods and I put them in the microwave to see how long it took them to blow up. My mom hated the experiment series. Uh, my dad loved it. <laughs> and what we what I found is that the foods that have the least water content, they, they blow up pretty quick because there's you're heating up this the physical matter, not the water quicker. So yeah. that's how it works. So the, so the water, the water itself is actually vaporizing, yeah. which causes it to expand. Yes. Absolutely. And if you have a and if you have a lot of water, then there's not a other material to hold the structure. Right. Yeah, if, so if, so we, I took a pear, sliced it in half, put it in there and the kind of thing just kind of shriveled. Right. You put a right. put a potato in there. Don't put any forks in there. Boom. You have an explosion. Right. Yeah, mashed potatoes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, they really quickly, grossly made mashed potatoes or a, or a palm puree, as they say, on like fancy, <laughs> fancy, fancy cooking shows. What would happen if you would put a grenade in here? Well, I mean, initial inspection. So based on what we know about microwaves, grenades don't I don't think grenades have much in the way of liquid components. No, you did the research for this episode. So you tell me. Yeah, right. So there is um, this guy. His name's Matt Carricker of Demolition Ranch. He tested this theory where he took. All he sounds like a real character. Yeah, like literally a, car a caricature of some guy who's just <laughs> out in the woods fucking around and find out with grenades. Right. Um, so he took all kinds of different grenades and put them in a microwave outside and see sees what happened. So he first he used a thermite grenade, which essentially is how would you describe a thermite grenade? It, it, it's not explosive. It just burns through. Right. So a thermite grenade is used to destroy equipment. So yeah. like you might have like it, it's something that you might give to like SF people, like if they have to abandon the Black Hawk that they just crashed. If they have to destroy they, my penis because it's like too. Much. Yeah. <laughs> if Matt's penis is too hard, they might drop a thermite grenade on it and eliminate the evidence of what the military did to it down the shaft. Yeah. <laughs> Down the shaft, <laughs> fire in the hole. Oh god! Uh, oh god! <laughs> <laughs> 
But yeah, a thermite grenade is basically used to destroy equipment or uh, computers or things that you don't want to fall into enemy hands. It will burn through an engine block if you just set it on like a car. Yep. It, it's, it's like very hot, very hot. So what happens when you put a thermite grenade in a microwave, so Matt? this produced burn marks on the outside of it. Uh, but after 15 minutes, there was no explosion. And what, the, what Matt thinks is thermite grenade needs to be hotter in order to explode. So when you okay. yeah, when you throw it, it, you know, there's three parts of a grenade. You got the, the, the spoon, the filling and the pin, I think, are the, are the three parts of a grenade. So it's basically a pudding cup with a pin stuck in the bottom. <laughs> you know, we'll, we'll go ahead and put a pin in that when we, when we figure this out. <laughs> uh, so the next he tried a tear gas grenade, which also did nothing at the first 10 minutes. Of the and, and so, uh, so it sounds like he might be using the microwave in my kitchen, which works for dog shit. It doesn't work literally for dog putting dog shit in oh, it. Okay. I, I mean, like works for dog shit. Like it doesn't work for shit. I thought you, I got you. It, 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 it's poor, I, poor not, quality. I, poor quality. Yeah, I don't even have a dog. I'm not out there like scooping up people's dog poopies and putting them in my microwave in the kitchen. You know. I mean, I've, you got a microwave and a dog, Matt. Can you make it happen? I think. That, oh god, absolutely. Not. I mean, I could make it happen. I do have. The, I have the technology. But I would say, at least can't yell at you. It's for the podcast. I would say yeah. That that, that that's. That, <laughs> That's a winning <laughs> argument every time, right? Um, no, I, I think the expression you were trying to say was my, my microwave works like shit or works like dog shit. I think not works for dog shit. I don't, I don't think we need to further dissect my inability to articulate idiomatic phrases. <laughs> gotcha, gotcha. Well, so um, he goes down the list of different grenades he tried and he gets to the multi-bang flashbang grenade. And if you've ever played like SOCOM on PlayStation or whatever, you know, a flashbang grenade is when you pull the pen, throw it into a room and it's just a bright light, like supposed to be super bright, a loud yeah. noise, just disorients whoever is in that room. I actually threw a flashbang grenade one time in Iraq, like on a, on, they let me throw it on like a, on a mission. One of the cooler things I've ever done. Uh, there was no. Oh, so who'd you, who'd you throw that flashbang grenade at Matt? And did they think it was cool? No, they didn't. Um, but I threw it into a room that no one was in, but it woke up everyone else in the house. I'll say that. I'll say that. This was a, okay, this, was a yeah. this was a bad person. This was a bad person. I, on the other hand, without getting into any sensitive information, went on a mission where we flashbang six houses randomly. Oh, you're, uh, aren't you the one upper? <laughs> I don't know that it's a one upper because I don't think anybody in any of those houses were bad. Did you throw the? Oh Jesus! Did you, you know what was bad? You know what was bad? The intelligence driving that mission. Well, how'd that happen, Ryan? Yeah. <laughs> you, no comment. Yeah, yeah. That, that's, that's, that sounds right. That sounds right. Uh, no, uh, I, again, without getting too much into it, it was during a dust one incident. So oh, you had yeah. three hours to react to any piece of intelligence and they were throwing spaghetti at the wall. And we didn't have a whole lot of choice as to whether or not we should go out and pursue this mission based on the merits of the intelligence. And for people out there, a dust one is essentially means there's a U.S. soldier that is missing. That, yep. that is unaccounted for. Um, well, so th so this guy throws a multi-bang flashbang grenade, which actually explodes and it launches the microwave like 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 very far. Um, that's because the flash powder is sensitive to heat, unlike the other okay. micro, unlike the other uh, grenades that we're talking about here. So he, he tries a few other grenades. He tried one that is used in jail settings. It produced nothing. He tried an entire sheet of C4. All it did was melt. He tried dynamite, which he says this. So the C4 melted, but when you pair the dynamite with the partially melted C4, he says it, quote, it send microwave fragments into orbit. So that's like the fun. That, is, that was like the, the, the funnest one, he would say. Um, so, yeah, what happens when you the C4 you said melted? Yes. And it was only the combination of the dynamite and the C4. What about did he do dynamite on its own? I don't think he did, actually, but I don't think it would have it wouldn't have worked either. 
Well, I know that dynamite becomes extraordinarily unstable when it gets wet. Well, so essentially what, what the C4 melted, right? But the dynamite was essentially a secondary charge. So one got so hot enough that it lit the fuse of the dynamite is what I'm trying to say. But if you put if you would have put the dynamite in there. So the dynamite exploded and then the C4, because of the dynamite, was able to explode. Yes. And that's what sense. OK, yes, that, that, that is how I understand it. Uh, we could actually do. A, I mean, I'm not going to do a real live uh, experiment of this nope. ever. I don't ever. fuck with explosives. But anyway, um, I think it's an interesting question, but I think it's surprising that most of the grenades that you'll come across will not work. <laughs> Uh, if you put they're it all microwave. microwave, they're all microwave and dishwasher safe. How about that? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. So if you decide to do some of those experiments at home and absolute worst case scenario, you end up dead. Your friends and family can turn to r slash interesting as fuck on Reddit, another subreddit. So there's a post that I that I came across there. And this is I've actually seen this in places other than Reddit. But this was s totally tober. Totally, totally tober. He's got his Merdswicks. He's trying to stay totally sober, but it's it's totally tober. Yeah, totally tober. Yeah, that's that's clever. Yeah, that is good. Um, good. It's one of the better ones. So so this is actually an image. And I thought I thought the image was interesting. It, It looks like a gravestone with a QR code on it. And there's a caption and it says in Japan, it's a thing to have QR codes on headstones. You can scan the code and watch a video of that person's life. So the image of this QR code on the headstone just looks fake. It looks photoshopped. Does look photoshopped. So is this image real? Absolutely not. Yeah. Uh, and I, we know that for a couple of reasons. One, it looks kind of fake already. Yeah. The QR code looks like it's superimposed over a stock image of a gravesite. It looks like Minesweeper. You ever played Minesweeper? It kind of reminds me of that. Yeah. Uh, so our first indicator that this is not a real image, if you scan the QR code, nothing happens. Oh, yeah, I was just, I'm just about to do that. Yeah, nothing happens. What I did is I went around and I started, I, I touched the third rail of intellectual integrity on the internet and I did my own research. Did, did, uh, you, do it, <laughs> did you do it on Facebook? Yes, I did. I checked all my anti-vax websites and they had no information about this, surprisingly <laughs> enough. So as far as the original image we know that's not true uh, because the QR code doesn't go anywhere. It looks like a stock photo of a grave and Japanese graveyards do have a certain aesthetic. First of all, 99 percent of people in Japan are cremated when they die. I did not know that. And in a lot of and while individual grave markers do exist, a lot of times they are family graves. So it'll be a single marker for an entire family. So putting somebody's QR code on a on a gravestone would be possibly detrimental to interring other family members in that same grave. It's not a lot of space. Yeah, I got you. Although the image in that meme is not real. It, it doesn't exist. I did find additional reporting on India Times, Wired, and The Atlantic okay. about this phenomenon. The earliest reporting I found on it was Wired. They published in March 2008 an article titled Japanese Gravestone Maker Ishi no Koe, uh, which in Japanese means voice of the stone, recently announced plans to begin selling gravestones with the two-dimensional barcodes embedded into them. So that, that goes back to 2008. Then in 2014, The Atlantic did, a, uh, did an article about a QR gravestone that featured an apparently American headstone for a gentleman named Matthew R. Osowski. So we've got the traditional gravestone information and a QR code. So this one shows 1983 to 2011, uh, loving husband. And I, I went ahead and I, I looked this guy up and he did, in fact, die in 2000 in July of 2011 in Broward County, Florida. However, the QR code on the gravestone doesn't go anywhere. Much like Matthew Osowski, the link is dead. Correct. So uh, this actually brings up one of the challenges of QR codes, and that's maintaining the hosting of the website. So that obituary information or, you know, in the original meme, they talk about like the link to the video. Hosting isn't permanent. So if the hosting service goes out of business, 
or if they decide to just clean off extraneous information after after they've met a contractual obligation, uh, you may not have a permanent link to biographical data. Yeah, it's not going to so, it's not going to be uh, in perpetuity forever. That's not how QR codes work. Uh, I feel. Like, can you imagine though, just like a future archaeological dig. They think it's like hieroglyphics or some shit. They're trying to translate what these things mean. I mean, I, I like to think archaeologists are a little bit smarter than that. But the uh, yeah, maintaining hosting is a huge issue. It's machine readable only. So that information can only be read by a smartphone, yeah. which means if civilization collapses, we lose the technology. People would be like, oh, that gravestone has all the squares on it. Like hieroglyphics. They, 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 would, like hier- they would try to trans- translate it probably. Yeah, uh, yeah, possibly. And then obsolescence of the technology over time. So are QR codes going to be our permanent way of linking people to information? No, probably not. I do love the fact that this is supposedly in Japan because they're known for being ahead in technological times. So it's kind of it's kind of funny. And what's interesting about that is America sort of has this view of Japan that goes back to like the 1980s of them being like technology because Americans had to grapple with the fact that our car industry started getting its ass kicked by Japan and we started bringing in lots of Japanese TVs and consumer products. So Japan sort of developed this sort of technophile reputation. The technology is not going to last forever. It's like having a laser disc player or a VCR, yeah. a VCR player or an eight track on your grave, right? Or putting a or, or putting a golden vinyl record onto a spaceship and launching it into the the, the cosmos. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, so maintaining hosting, machine readable only, and obsolescence of technology all uh, come to bear in this situation. So while this is likely a real practice that has been developed in Japan and has seen some use in the United States. It's clearly not a thing that's taken off. It's been around for at least 13 years. And the scannable examples with links that I found online were all broken. Oh, okay. That's sad. It is kind of sad. This is this is something that family members have committed to eternity, essentially. Yeah, yeah. You know, for as long as that grave marker is visible, that link is going to be broken. God. And there's and as far as I can tell, there's no way to recover that link or change the link. Yeah. You'd have to buy the domain and then put something at that address in order to recover it. So I, I think this is a terrible idea. Well, it's an interesting thought, but it definitely seems like you're not thinking ahead. Yeah. And I, I think a better way to do this would be to have a separate placard that's maybe not carved in stone next to a grave, like uh, like maybe a little metal pedestal with a scannable QR code on it. Yeah. Uh, that way you can remove it down the line without without having to replace the entire grave site. I got you. OK, that makes sense. It's certainly something that can be implemented at at the scale of a single cemetery, but it's not necessarily something that I'd recommend for everybody. It doesn't feel efficient. I feel like it is not, a, it, you know. So I think it's OK as long as you maintain tra- the traditional headstone. If you're if you're concerned about having a monument to a, a person, make sure that you carve their name in a written language that's not just machine readable. <laughs> like hire, put in hieroglyphics. You put like owl. River. Yeah, you're, you're, you're there. You're looking at the hieroglyphics and it's person, woman, man, camera, TV. <laughs> that, of course, so, was the cognitive test. The former president, Donald Trump, aced, if you ask him. Yeah, I mean, the dude nailed it. And you know who else nailed it? Rick Reynolds, when he let us use his song United from the album Portals in Progress. I can't believe he's still doing this six months later. I feel I've never felt closer to Rick Reynolds. You know what's crazy? He's he actually listens to our podcast and provides some feedback. That's very nice. What was it all positive? I hope. Oh, yeah. One hundred percent positive. One hundred percent positive. Let's keep it that way, Rick. Yeah. Yeah, let's keep it that way. And if you want to have positive feedback for Rick Reynolds, you can find his music on 
iTunes, Amazon, and Spotify. Our podcast is all those places, so please tell a friend. Uh, we're also Wreck Your Pod on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok. And we have a Gmail, wreckyourpod at gmail.com. So please send us your best dad jokes, um, interesting claims, things you want us to look into. Yeah, we really do appreciate any feedback that we get. And we love doing user-suggested topics. We've got a couple that we've been sitting on for a little bit that we really want to get out there. So look for those in coming weeks. But in the meantime, if you find your, if you find yourself standing in front of a microwave with a grenade and a <laughs> USB cord hanging out of the tip of your penis, oh, God. wondering what your stupid homeschool parents are going to put on your tombstone... <laughs> and you don't have time to wait for our next episode, we encourage you to check yourself. Don't wreck yourself. We are united, but we're so far apart. And it won't change till we change. We are, but we won't. Oh. See, now wasn't that a special episode? I, I really do hope that you enjoyed yourself. Um, Obviously, some of our social media has changed since then. You can still find us everywhere at Wreck Your Pod and also at Gmail at WreckYourPod at gmail.com. Uh, you can donate to the cause at www.fondlemelobster.com and you can find us on the Podcast Nexus Discord server. And if between now and next week you ran out of time to record my podcast, we encourage you to. Listen to our back catalog and check yourself. And this is where the co-host would say, like, don't wreck yourself. Uh, but they're not here. So uh, happy Trump arraignment for those who celebrate.